0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome in to the podcast. Welcome in to today's show. It is December 14th, 2022. Um, Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your busy day to hop into the podcast. Um, I'm trying to space these podcasts out a little bit more throughout the course of the week. As we are deeper into the offseason, news is becoming a little less... Um uh it's not it's not popping up near nearly as much we have had the week of winter meetings all that good jazz has happened come by and passed um i'm gonna have some some takeaways on that today's podcast is going to be just a uh Just an idea of some of the things I'm thinking about. Some of the topics that I've been hearing and seeing trending on Twitter and Bleacher Report and ESPN and all that good jazz. So, with that being said, if you guys enjoyed today's podcast or the ones in the past as well as the ones for the foreseeable future, please do me a favor and subscribe and leave a rating. I really would like to get some more ratings on here. We're at about 11 ratings right now on the show and I would love to get to at least 20. Bye-bye Christmas. So. If you guys can make that happen, I would really appreciate it. Five stars is great, great greatly appreciated, but um, just honest reviews as well is also appreciated as well. With that being said, let's hop straight into today's podcast. I want to start out the podcast today by um, honoring today's show and the honor and the remembrance of Mike Leach, who unfortunately passed away due to a um, medical episode. Sounds like it was a heart attack. Uh, Mike Leach... For those who do not know, was the head coach at the uh, Washington State U University, Go Cougs in Pullman, Washington. He was there for a handful of years. Brought the college and the program up from the foreseeable depths of frozen hell into a college that actually was fairly competitive. Um, Plenty of players, plenty of coaches reaching the NFL level. The system he incorporated with the Air Raid has been incorporated all over the entire nation in the world of sports and football. His legacy, his lasting imprint will be that of lasting for a long time. You're seeing players like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, just to name a few, Joe Burrow that really uh, greatly benefited and learned from his system. Lincoln Riley is one of his pro- is one of his protégés. Uh, there's a handful of others. I'm not going to get into every single one of them because that would take a hot minute, but It's a very, uh, it's a sad day for the sports world to lose out on Mike Leach. And uh, he was a wonderful person, a wonderful man, a great father. Uh, He was one of the greatest interviews in the history of sports, in my personal opinion. That it reminds people like myself and everybody else who, you know, either watched uh, games from Wazoo or the Apple Cups or just enjoyed Mike Leach's banter at Mississippi State. This guy was truly the definition of a character and in today's society that we live in, the value of humor and character and appropriate statements and being, uh, you know, being read up on topics that you're going to talk about or have a conversation about. This is all things that Mike Leach pride himself upon being somebody who could lighten your your day. Um, Between uh, the passings now, obviously, of Mike Leach and John Clayton, uh, we've been losing a lot of huge faces and names in sports. And uh, I'm going to try my best not to get choked up on this. But uh, you really, you know, and this is a different uh, topic than I usually do, but I just want to get this off of my chest. It's a humble reminder for everybody who listens to this podcast, how lucky and grateful we are. To have the life and the people around us that we love we cherish and that mean the world to us. It's been a year of reflection for myself uh, looking myself in the mirror constantly and saying you know is this you know is this what I would be proud of leaving behind is this a legacy I'm proud of am I doing things in the right way am I doing the right things am I you know you find yourself questioning a lot when you see this uh, unfortunate news and uh, stuff to take place that it bears reminder that the, that the season of and the holiday season is the, the season of giving and everything. It's really is about the people that we have around us and by us and with us by our side and go through thick and thin and everything. So cherish the, the people that you have in your life. Cherish your friends. Cherish your partners, your spouses, your significant others, your your wives, your husbands, your grandmothers, your aunts, your uncles, your, your cousins, your nephews, all that stuff. So... Uh, rest in peace, Mike Leach. Um, I will be forever thankful for being able to watch so many games that you orchestrated a pure chaos out of. And it was always a joy and a pleasure to watch. My thoughts and prayers go out to the Leach family during this incredibly hard time. I'm going to have a moment of silence here for, for Mike Leach, please. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, um, want to get that right off the top of the show today. All right, so, um, <clears throat> excuse me i still over this I'm a little bit of a cold, but anyways, it's been a very uh, eventful and yet quiet last couple of weeks in Major League Baseball. Last podcast, I went over the big major signings. I touched on the Verlander. I touched on the um, Turner. There's been so many big deals, right? Jacob going to Texas. All, the, all this good jazz, right? But... The conversation that I think needs to be had today um, is based around a specific quote that Jerry used on the Brock and Salk show last week, last Thursday. I cannot wait for tomorrow's show. It's going to be packed full of good stuff. Here's something I want to get off my chest and saying, because I try and keep it very real with every, with all you guys that that, that that listen. And I'm so appreciative for all my people that have subscribed and like and rate the show, everything. So again, thank you for that. Jerry DePoto said on the Brock and Salk show that the Mariners were happy with being a middle of the pack payroll in baseball. He referenced Chicago. He referenced Boston. He referenced New York. He referenced um, L.A. You know, this is something that I don't understand, Jerry. The Seattle Mariners cover Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, California, Arizona, Hawaii. The list goes on, right? We are a global enterprise we have a predominance the most of our of our viewership obviously is on the west coast because a lot of people on the east coast still think we live in southeast alaska anyways i digress the mariners make a astronomical amount of money every year right between the jersey sales the hats the scarves the keychains the food the beverages the sodas the the alcoholic beverages the hot cocos, the teas, the poke bowls, the the food, everything, right? They make tons and tons of money, right? Millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. So I'm a, I'm a preference this by saying, I, I apologize for the language I'm going to use, but this is the thing I need to, to say this right now. I don't give a damn what Jerry DePoto has to say. I don't. It is honestly, it's weak. It's stupid to bring this up. Do you understand how many people spend so much money on season t- on season passes and uh, not season not season passes but uh, season ticket holder members? You mentioned money. It goes three hundred dollars to twenty four hundred bucks. One of my best friends in the world bought one last year. He doesn't regret it. But at the same time, it's like you know maybe twenty four hundred dollars isn't necessary. Jerry, you have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that buy these every single year. Because they love this Mariners team. They love this organization. They love the ball club. They love the ballpark. They love the food. They love the fanfare. All of it. We have one of the most beautiful ballparks in all the nation. It's a fact. Jeff Passon said it uh, earlier this year on on the Brock and Salk show before his shows uh, ended due to the uh, calendar year ending in Major League Baseball. Jerry, I respect everything you've done for this organization. When you came in, we were god awful. We were one of the most embarrassing organizations in all of professional sports. I believe we were the equivalent to like the Houston Texans. We were pretty dang close. You drafted George Kirby. You drafted Kyle Lewis. Unfortunately, that that didn't happen. You drafted Logan Gilbert, two studs inside of your rotation now. You went out. You signed Julio Elite Rodriguez and then you gave him a 14 year extension worth possibly 450 million dollars. You've built this team from the ground up. You had what at one point was the number one farm system in all of baseball. I believe it's currently 15 or 16. We had a lot of players graduate. We traded some guys Noelvi Marte and Edwin Arroyo for Luis Luis Castillo. You've done a lot. You've been busy. You've been nicknamed Trader Jerry, you know, Trader Joe's. There's there's plenty and plenty plenty of names for Jerry, right? But I don't understand, and I believe it's a little bit short-sighted to put it blatantly that you would come out on national radio and say that we are okay being in the middle of the market team. We, you know, you want to be mid-market? That's fine. How about you be 11? How about you be like one point or one team outside of the top 10? Hmm. Don't be settling for 15. Don't be settling for 16. There's 32 teams in Major League Baseball. You don't need to be middle of the road. You have Julio Rodriguez. You have uh, Luis Castillo, George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, Cal Raleigh, right? Just name a few names. You went out and traded for Teoscar Hernandez. You got Colton Wong. Tail Te- obviously moves the moves the needle, moves the scale a little bit more than, than Colton Wong, but Colton Wong should be serviceably better than Adam Frazier because he was god-awful last year. Besides for the one hit he had inside Toronto, the one moment, I don't care anything more about uh, Fra- Adam Frazier. I don't want to hear it. The conversation, though, about being a mid-market team and how their reluctance to spend money—you know, Jerry—Jerry Jerry has signed one positional player in free agency since he signed with the Seattle Mariners in, in his time. One. You know who it was? Nori Aoki. One year, six and a half million dollars. Couldn't do a damn thing. He was worthless. So it's like what Jerry? You did one bite at the apple, and the apple was tart. So you didn't bite into it again. You didn't let it like you know wait up, wait to pluck another apple off that same tree and get and give it a couple of years. You know, like I don't understand the reluctance to spend money. And I don't want to say spend money to spend money. That's not what I'm here for. That's not the topic. That's not the point of this conversation. The point of this conversation is the city of Seattle just saw you win ninety plus ball games of back to back seasons for the first time in a decade, right? Here's and the thing is. When you have these teams, right? You look at the teams like the Dodgers, the Braves, the Yankees, uh the Giants, the Phillies that are spending tons of money on players, right? And you want to be actually c- competitive, then here's something to think about, Jerry. How about stop being reluctant to go do something and just pull the trigger? Just pull the trigger. Have a little buyer's remorse, Jerry. Save the prospects, save the farm system. We want, we don't want to trade away Harry Ford. We don't want to have to trade away Emerson Hancock, Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, Taylor Dollard, Jared Kellenick, Taylor Trammell. I mean, Trammell has give or take and Kellenick's pretty close to that. However, it took a long time to build this farm system up to what it is now. So why would you be so reluctant to just trade away? And obviously they're going to get uh, Fernand Celestine, who for those who don't know, is the number two consensus international prospect. He's a switching shortstop, 16 years old. I did, I did a uh, bio on him a handful of prospects or uh, excuse me, uh, prospects podcasts ago. But you have guys on the market. I'm just going to list you a couple that, that that would work here easily. One, <clears throat> Will, Will Myers. He's going to smash lefties. He can easily play first base. He's capable of playing first base. He could give Ty France day days off. Be well, a very well-welcomed addition, right? There's one. Two, Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley going to hit the piss out of a baseball. He's going to hit you 280 or 275, 280, 290, maybe 300. He's one of the best consistent contact hitters in all of baseball. He's probably going to want $15 million a year, Jerry. Pay the man. You need a veteran addition to this team. Uh, Teoscar Nanins is not that. He's He is a veteran, but he doesn't have that cachet. And, and imagine this: if you had Michael Brantley, right? Who knows how to hit the baseball. He's a Washington guy. He's from Bellevue. It'd be a homecoming reunion. He could teach Jared Kilnick a couple of things. Could you imagine if we had an Adrian Peterson situation with Rashad Penny like we do with Michael Brantley and Jared Kilnick? People would be saying, this is all we needed. This is all we needed, Jerry. How hard was this to do? Sign the bloody check. Sign on the dotted line. Don't stop thinking about the metrics, Jerry, and just go get a very solid veteran bat edition. Michael Brantley in the sixth and the seventh hole, six-seven hole for this lineup would be awesome. He could bat two in this lineup easily. Two push Ty France down to down to six. This lineup ends, instantly becomes so much like more thorough. It's a deeper lineup, right? This is what you want to see. Uh, another name that's being discussed, J.D. Mar- Martinez. He's not an outfield option. He's strictly a DH. Kind of more complicates things, right? Andrew ben- Benintendi, Michael Conforto. You have names. Benintendi's probably going to want $100 million. He's going to fight for it. He'll probably get like 60 for three years. Whoever it is, because $20 million for some godforsaken reason, is an average money value in baseball. The point is, for those who are listening through this long rant, the Mariners. Have the ability to spend money and save the farm system and bring in players who would make us better than what we were last year when we are right now. So why don't we go about spending a little bit of money, save our farm system and go about waiting for these guys to truly develop into what they can be. Look at a Jonathan Claussé. Look at um, Cade Marlowe. Look again, Jared Kona, Taylor Trammell. Uh, the, the the list goes on Sam Haggerty, maybe I don't know if he's still he's not really a prospect, but he's still kind of growing as, as a player. But I don't want to have to necessarily give up Emerson, Emerson Hancock or Bryce Miller or uh, Brian Wu, uh, Taylor Dollard. These guys are good play gonna be good pitchers quality players in this league. And if we can save them. To get to the trade deadline, to we can actually get a really big shot at a a better player than you know shipping everything possible for Brian Reynolds because the reports out of Pittsburgh are that the the Pittsburgh Pirates want a one Soto S deal for Brian Reynolds, which is a joke. It's a joke. The Pittsburgh Pirates do not know how to run that that organization for crap. I'm putting. I really wanted to use the other word, but I'm not going to do it right now. The point is, the point is, we spent enough money in that ballpark for revenue. Go do something with it, Jerry stop making excuses. So that's what I want to get off with there. Um, Another conversation I want to have real quick is Seahawks obviously played the 49ers on Thursday night tomorrow night. Um, I'm going to be probably doing a podcast Friday uh, mid Friday day. I'm not going to be uh, I won't be able to watch the game live. I'll have to do uh, a replay on it. So bear with me on that. I have a my significant other's birthday is tomorrow. So happy early birthday to her. Love you, honey. Um, it's projecting a loss. For this game I just I'm gonna say it my gut just says Dakota you can't be a homer on this bud you just can't do it I, I really try not to be a homer cause I look at these games as realistically as possible and I know I would say often that the, the Seahawks will win I almost at barriers but you look at what this team is right now no running game none I don't know if Ken Walker is going to be able to play uh reports are it's going to be a 50 50 shot uh also reports are on DJ Dallas not going to be able to play not going to happen so he has a high ankle sprain it's uh, that nature of an injury. is probably going to put him out another two weeks, probably, if I were to take a gander. But DJ Dallas is one tough SOB, so I wouldn't put it past him. The point is, San Francisco 49ers led by Brock Purdy. Uh, CMC, no no Devo, obviously. So Brandon Ayukes can get more involved. George Kittle is going to get more involved. Um, Justice Sherfield or Sheffield? I think it's Sherfield, is a, the guy's name. That's also an option. This San Francisco team is built perfectly to come in here and just manhandle our team. We have allowed over 800 rushing yards the last four weeks. The last five weeks, we hit 1,000. It's embarrassing. This defense is atrocious. This defense is pathetic. This defense cannot stop anybody. Hell, the Houston Texans could could come in here and run for 170 freaking yards. You want to know why? Because they don't have the players to fit the scheme. They don't. Why did you sign Brian Monet, who looks like an unathletic walrus? To try and play this stuff, are you? How stupid do you think we are? I mean, really. Look what look. I mean, Daryl Taylor, props to him, good game. Tricquan, yeah yeah, 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 it's okay, it's okay, you know. Kobe Bryant, yeah, he's he, he, it, it's okay, it's okay, you know. But the fact is, we cannot stop the run if it to save our lives or save anything or save the planet, right? To have a there was a movie called or a da, 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 Dante's Peak, right? To save the city from the volcano, Pierce Brosnan or Brosnan has to do something, right? They're not going to be no saving the city. And this one, ladies and gentlemen, they're going to come in here with heavy personnel and run it down our throats. And here's a, here here's just an idea. And I have not listened to, to the KJ Wright show. I have not listened to Richard Sherman, but I do know what some of the stuff that was said. You need to go to a four-three personnel. I don't want to see no more three-four bear front. I want four big hogs in the front. I want puna. I want Woods, I want Taylor, I want Uchenna, right? Or Shelby Harris, if you want to replace Shelby Harris for um for, for Puna, that's fine. He's probably a better overall player, but he's he's banged up right now. Hell, the whole team's banged up. It's football season. Here's the point. This team's going to come in here, run run the damn football. There's no going around it. The whole league knows. Yeah, Seattle, can't stop the run. Yeah, Seahawks, weak against, against the run. My God. Last week's game, I about had to grab a... White Bull and purge myself into it, just make myself feeling any better from watching crappy ass football. Gino, couple of picks last couple of weeks. I've been saying this. He's been too aggressive. Even he, he uh, admitted that and uh, confirmed that he's been playing too, 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 too aggressively, which is fine. Right, I like playing aggressive, but you also have to play smart while being aggressive. You can't just be aggressive for the sake of being aggressive. Right? huh oh, man, this is uh, I'm scared of this game. I really am. Uh, we don't win this game. Season's a wrap. It's done. Done. I don't. We're not beating Kansas City. I doubt we we beat in the the New York Jets with Mike White or Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco. I, I don't give a damn. We are a bad defensive team. Last couple of years I've been saying and I was praising this 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 off season. Thank you God. Thank you Lord. New defensive scheme, new sh- new 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 scheme, new shift, new new metrics, new ideas, new concepts. Blah, blah. I watched 4 weeks of solid football on defense. What the hell happened? We went from being one of the best defensive teams in in football to being legitimately the worst. The worst. It's, it's embarrassing. It is. So please Please, football gods, I ask you, I beg upon you, please let us run a 4-3. Let these days have a 3-4 concept and Denver crap that don't work and Chicago crap that don't work for us. Go away. Pete, you know what you're good at. Get back to your damn roots, son. Go back to what you do. Press man-to-man coverage. Four big hogs in the front. Three friggin' linebackers. Rush off the edges. Blitz the A-gap right over the center. Punish somebody for the love of God. Please. Because, quite frankly, I don't know how much more of this team I can watch this year. Just putting it flat out. People are going to say, well, how do you want to put, make a podcast if you don't watch watch the games? Why should I? Why should I? We know what what Geno is. We know Lockett and DK are solid. The tight ends are, are good. But if you can't stop anybody on defense, you're going to lose every freaking game. You are. This team, this dynasty, this franchise, the L.O.B., Pete Carroll's freaking roots came and were built and support upon the idea of playing nasty sound football and running the damn ball. And we can't do either one of those things to save our lives or even a slight hint or essence water of how little this this concept has been used. Tomorrow's a big, big-time opportunity. Brock Purdy's got an oblique injury. Mr. Irrelevant. I don't like the, the whole term. I think it's disrespectful. I know it's about the last pick inside of the the the, the draft. I don't care. I don't. I really don't. What I do care about is Seahawks playing some damn football tomorrow. So strap up your, your jock straps. Tighten up the your your helmets. Slap yourselves and each other up beside the head or a couple slaps up the old ass cheeks to get woken up. Because this is embarrassing. And quite frankly, we need a wake-up call for this franchise. So let's get a damn dub tomorrow. Hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. I'll catch you guys on Friday. Peace.